Hey, what is up? It's Brian Lofermento here with episode 141 of the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast. And I am super excited about today's episode because I have an incredible guest for you here today. Her name is Valerie Milovic. She's a lifelong nine to fiver who served her own needs, invented a product found a manufacturer, and entered an industry that she knew nothing about. And it's a complicated industry. She entered the food industry. So in today's episode, you're going to hear her story, hear her mindset shifts, how she went from being a nine-to-fiver in the software industry to entering the food industry and creating a product from scratch, finding a manufacturer, and how the heck her product is becoming a global sensation and touching people all across the world. So gear up, today's episode is awesome, let's dive in. excited to welcome Valerie Milovic to today's episode. Valerie spent over 15 years in sales and management working for leaders in the IT industry in different parts of the world. You'll hear she's got a little bit of a French accent, which is awesome. Valerie, maybe I'll bust out some French on today's episode. But Valerie is an entrepreneur because she launched a new kind of energy bars in California. Now, Valerie has a little bit of a secret recipe that we're going to dive into and how the heck she went from being a corporate employee to actually starting a business. Her previous work experience, she was always on the go working long hours, which drove her to create a product that she couldn't find herself, which is a healthier alternative alternative to energy drinks on the market. Valerie, I'm so excited to dive into your story. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Brian. So I will say up front, Valerie, you just said something interesting before I hit record. And you said, even if I don't want to be an entrepreneur, I am an entrepreneur. Talk about what you mean when you talk about your (laughs) mindset of being an entrepreneur now after being a corporate employee for so long. Well, I certainly didn't want to start my first my business to start. I was highly paid. I loved my job, and it just happened. Uh, I just had to do it. Um, uh, yeah, I just um, it just made sense at some stage. Uh, there's no other word. To, I don't know. I had I'm lacking the word to say. I just like I pushed it for years. And all my friends like when I was in corporate, like I was managers. So I was like create your own company in the software industry. We'll work with you and we'll do something great. And I'm like, guys, seriously, I don't want to be an entrepreneur. There's too many responsibilities. I, and again, as I said, I love what I was doing. And uh, and I started something that has nothing to do with my previous life just because I saw something that was lacking on the market and it made sense to me. It didn't happen overnight. Don't take me wrong. Yeah, and uh, but that's a large part of your story that I want to dive into today because it's so fascinating to me that you were a corporate employee for so long and you started a business in a totally different industry. Talk to me first about your corporate career, fill in those gaps for listeners, and then what is Better Than Coffee? How did Better Than Coffee come to life? Okay, there's a lot to say in those two <laughs> questions. Uh, okay, so um, I started 
my background is in sales and marketing. And as a girl, I certainly didn't want to start in the IT world, uh, but I was living in Ireland at the time and uh, IBM hired me. And it was very hard to say no to a good position in a very large corporate. So I accepted. And this is how I started in IT, not because I really wanted it, but because it happened and I wanted to stay in Ireland. And I, anyway, and one thing leading to another, I always wanted to be a manager. So I did everything to become a manager. I started in sales, sorry. And I became fast enough uh, manager. I think I was 25. And um, so I stayed in IBM for five years. Then we moved with my boyfriend to Scotland. And in Scotland, I couldn't find a job that was shooting my, my skills. Uh, and Cementank um, hired me in England uh, for another uh, sales position. I was very cocky at the time. And I was like, I'm not taking that position. Uh, sorry for my word, uh, listeners. But <laughs> Uh, that's my background in Ireland. I use like strong words sometimes, but um, I basically said, no, thank you. I don't want your sales position. I was a manager before. I don't want that. Then she came back to me and she offered me a salary I couldn't refuse. So I basically took the first flight the week after uh, from in from Scotland to England and I started at Symantec. And I had a great career there. And they moved me at uh, from sales. I became actually management. I uh, became manager shortly after that uh, because she realized that I was not. I was young, but I actually had the skills she was looking for. Uh, and they moved me from England to France, which I didn't want to go after ten years abroad. Uh, and uh, yes, yeah, so this is my this is my experience in corporate in a nutshell I don't know if it's really uh, it's more like a historical well a chronological uh, background uh, but I had a lot of responsibilities I loved what I was doing I was managing mainly inside sales teams in some up to 13 different countries dealing with 50 million dollars a year and I really loved what I was doing so That's awesome. this is, I want to get inside your head a little bit, though, Valerie. I want to picture you sitting behind your corporate desk. What made you think of what has now become better than coffee? What was that spark? So in the background, uh, uh, when I was 12, I was diagnosed with high cholesterol. And um, at the time, they put me on a low-fat diet. Uh, and it drove me to read every book, watch every podcast, video, uh, you name it, that were linked to high cholesterol and to how to improve it. And I realized that the low-fat diet I was on was not the solution. And when I was 25 or something like that, so forward like 10 years, I started a higher-fat diet than a high-fat diet. And uh, uh, I started making like cookie. I'm French, so I love cooking as well. But so uh, this is my mindset. I started baking at home better for me stuff that I couldn't find on the market. And, um, and in parallel, I had that corporate life. Um, so I had that mindset of basically eating better, exercising, all that. And at some stage, uh, I was like, 
relying on a very well-known uh, brand of energy drinks to keep going because as you may have gathered the life I had I was like sometimes sleeping three four five hours a night wow. uh, which uh, which was very intense so I was working 18 hours a day I was just crazy and I mean we're all our bodies are mashed that have their limits, you know, uh, and uh, I reached mine at some stage, and I had a burnout, and I took six months off, then I came back to work, but it was back on, and even worse, because they gave me bigger targets, bigger incentives, bigger, you know, it's like the carrot, uh, I was a top achiever, and you get to President's Club the first year, President's Club the second year, then after you fail a quarter, and we used to say, we are as good as our last quarter. And that is what corporate life is about, especially in sales, and when you have such a huge target, is that you can be extremely good top achiever for years, but suddenly you fail and you reach 90% of your objectives, your target, and you're not good anymore. Mm -hmm. And um, so I had all that going on in my head over the year between trying to be healthy and being healthy on the side because I was improving my cholesterol level thanks to a higher fat diet. And at the same time, I was in the corporate world. Uh, and down the line, what happened is that I started baking at home energy bars to make one for me, selfishly. And, um, and because I couldn't find what I was looking for in the shops. And my friends are like, yeah, you should start something. And I'm like, you're totally crazy, you know? <laughs> uh, I was like, that, that will never work. And, uh, and I don't want to do that, you know? I was, uh, um, back then, uh, the last few years of my career in IT, I was actually working six months as a consultant, then coming back fr to France and baking and doing stuff. And uh, I'm going back. So I, I love what I love that way of like breaking for six months and going back. And uh, and um, yeah, and basically it took me three years to cop on uh, when somebody that was not a friend of mine said, where do you buy those bars? And I was like, what do you mean? Where do I buy them? And he looked at me like kind of puzzled and was like not understanding why I was even <laughs> asking <laughs> the question back. And uh, I was like, that hit me. I, we were at the gym, and I was like, hey, I'm back there at home. And he looked at me, and was like, you're into something. And that's how it started. Then after I started inquiring around on me, and for, the first idea was actually to open a bakery, or like an energy bar bakery, if you want, in France. I was like, I had enough of the corporate where I wanted something small. And a friend of mine is in the... Um, in the food industries, he was trading large quantity of like raw material, like raw food. And he looked at me, he was like, Val, you have way more ambition than that. You're going to produce a thousand bars a day and then what? You're going to be bored like hell. It's going to excite you for <laughs> six months. Then he's like, you're not the type of person that can rest, stand still for five minutes. You know, if you open a shop in Paris, you're, it's, and what? You're going to want a second shop and third shop and you're going to do a French and, and I was like, okay, maybe it makes sense. <laughs> so that's how it started, basically. That's awesome. I love so many different aspects of that story. And it's so typical of so many entrepreneur and entrepreneurial stories. So I want to dig into certain aspects of it. And first, Valerie, 
I want to invite listeners. I mean, if you want to see how Valerie went from starting out in her own kitchen, making these energy bars for herself to what it has become today, betterthancoffee.com, you'll see her products. And these are products with incredible packaging, incredible branding. Valerie, I don't blame that guy. If I saw this stuff there, I would never believe that you started this from your kitchen. That's absolutely incredible. Talk to me about that process because so many people say, oh yeah, my mom makes the best cookies. She should sell them one day. Or, oh, I, sh- I want to start a bakery. Or, oh, I want to start start a coffee shop. How the heck did you go from just doing this for yourself in your kitchen to having such incredible branding, incredible packaging that looks even more premium than some of the biggest names that we see in the industry? Thank you very much. We're actually very proud of the packaging. Um, yes, so I asked questions and as you gathered, I knew nothing about the food industry, but I mean, nothing, you know, only what I, I'm a food expert because I read and I learned a lot of things from the books and, you know, and I love that. I'm genuinely, I have a huge interest in the food industry and how to biohack your body as well with what you eat. Uh, so um, the that's the first. I had a strong interest. But after that, I had to ask questions. I had to swallow my pride and say, okay, I don't have the answer. Well, actually, I don't think I had to swallow my pride. I really didn't, need, didn't know the answers, so I couldn't do it on my own. So I went, um, uh, I went to start asking around my, me and different friends that I started their business and what were the experiences, uh, what, uh, like, uh, what, reading on the internet, doing searches and things like that. Then I discovered um, from another friend of mine that uh, co-packers were existing, which I, I was like, what are co-packers? And I realized that 99% of the food industry uh, brands, they don't produce their own products. They actually have specialized uh, manufacturers that do, for instance, all, only milk, only bread, only whatever you name it, only beef, uh, and it's very uh, vertical. Uh, so I started uh, like that, and I did what I do best. I took an Excel spreadsheet. I'm a very left brain for those kind of things. I took a, s- a spreadsheet, and I took uh, ranked the first manufacturer, the second one, until I think maybe 25 everywhere in the world all what I could find on the internet and all in the industry-related things that I could find in the, in the library. I went to the library in London and in the library in Paris because I was in Europe at the time. So I did a lot of research. And I rang each of them with uh, a set of uh, questions, very, very specific questions, to understand if they could do what I wanted. So some of them uh, basically are cold call manufacturers to understand uh, what they were doing and what was their minimum order. And uh, a lot of them are like start at a million or <laughs> a million. It's like, okay, that's too big for me. Um, but um, I did start uh, from the manufacturing plant. Uh, so it's way bigger that uh, some people in the food industry would start. Plenty of people start in the commercial kitchen. But my intention was to reach as many people as possible. So I kind of knew that I had to go big straight away. So the investment at the beginning was way higher. Like we think the first production was 40,000 bars. Uh, and it, 
it's definitely more than like the few thousand that you can make in a commercial kitchen. But down the line, when now we do 100,000 bars a day, it was way easier to scale up. Uh, it was, the investment, again, at the beginning was higher, but to scale up, it was uh, just perfect. So that's, you know, uh, there's a lot more to be said, but um, maybe you can guide me on what information I, I could give you on top of that. Yeah, that, that's a great overview. And for listeners out there who are thinking, wow, Valerie, like that's amazing that you found a manufacturer and you started producing your bars in mass. Let's boil it back a little bit for the entrepreneurs out there. I mean, you entered the food industry, which a lot of people view as one of the more complex industries to join. You've got FDA concerns and and actual recipe concerns. How did you, a complete outsider with a software background, come up with a recipe? What were the legalities that you had to work through or, or legal considerations as far as producing something that people eat? Talk to me about that process as someone who was previously a total newbie to this. So there's a lot of reading involved, and, uh, and and pretty much that's it. Because on the FDA website, you have all your answers. Uh, so you have to be patient. You have to have attention to details, and you just have to read. Uh, and I don't have a clue how many hours I've spent reading, <laughs> but I mean, I'm going to counting days here uh, and every for the recipe I had so I, again I'm back to my excel spreadsheet I had something in mind like what something I had in my kitchen I, I knew that when I was going to go to my manufacturer I was going to say well that's totally utopia we cannot do that but uh, we we basically looked at uh, what I wanted and what was possible uh, in a large scale and then we had to adjust uh, which uh, m- made it hard because our first recipe and when we I mean I was in San Francisco before being in LA and um, I was going through all those um, tech meetings you know well you know I was in the software industry so I still like hanging out with the guys there uh, but I learned a lot with from from all those meetups and other even bright uh, meetings uh, as um, and there's a lot of things even if you're it's not in the food industry, you can still learn because starting a business, whatever the industry has a lot of similarities. And I, was, I would go to those meetings and they kept saying, like, you have to launch your MVP, so your minimum vital product. And I was like, well, it doesn't apply to me, like, that's too blah, blah, blah. And then that's what happened is that we actually launched our first bars that were even another name than Better Than Coffee. Uh, with a pre, uh, first recipe and the first recipe was not what it is now but it helped us a lot to have a bigger scale market research basically and at some stage you just have to go you just have to go for it you know it's not the final product but you have to launch because I'm a perfectionist it will never be perfect and we keep improving the recipe as it goes every time we produce but um yeah, it just you have to jump at some stage. Yeah, I love that. There's three things in there that you just said that I want to call out for listeners. The first thing you said is the answer to my question 
was quite simple on your behalf and you said, hey, I was resourceful. I went out there. I mean, all the information that you need is out there. You wanted to know how to pass FDA regulations. You went to the FDA's website. You wanted to find a manufacturer. You did your research and you picked up the phone. So I absolutely love the resourcefulness that you just shared in your story. The second thing that I want to call out is that you said your business is just like every other one. And Valerie, having worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs all across the world, there's one thing that I hear every single conversation which drives me insane. And everybody always says, oh yeah, but my business is different. Well, the reality is it's not different. Every single business is the exact same. You need something that people wanna buy and you need to sell it to them. And then we're gonna talk about that in depth a little bit. And the third thing that I want to call out is you said at a certain point, you just need to launch. And Valerie, imagine if you hesitated. Imagine if you waited. Better than coffee would have never come to life, but you just put your foot on the ground and you said, you know what? Today is the day that I'm launching. And how glad are you that you launched when you did? Because so many people are out there with an idea and they're never going to launch it. So on that note, I love those three pieces of insights that you just gave us. And I want to dig a little bit into insight number two, which is your business is the same as everyone else's. You need a product that people want to buy and you need to sell it to them. So let's talk about the second half of that equation. How did you find people to buy? I mean, you talked about big manufacturing runs. Where did you find people to buy your product or what was the upfront approach? Did you give product away for free? Did you offer them samples? Talk to me about your sales process upfront. So it's kind of, um, we have pivoted in January uh, this year. Uh, we had the different mod uh, business model when we started. Uh, I was targeting at the beginning, me, but me, the corporate girl that needed a, a, an energy boost during our corporate life. So we were starting, and again, I was in San Francisco, so we were targeting companies and things like that. Um, but uh, the product was not ready for uh, the average American taste. No offense here. Uh, the, the, our product is very, very healthy, so it's low in sugar. And the first version, again, was not what it is now. So it was bitter. It was actually extremely bitter. Um, because there's low sugar, but also because we're using a plant, guarana, that has a very strong taste. So we were not ready for the market, but we got a lot of feedback. Uh, and our current business model happened by, from what I say luck, what people from outside would say, seriously, how did you, did you get out of that? We got, so remember I said we had another brand before. And one day, I got a season disease, this is, sorry, from a, so for the trademark that we had from our previous brand, from a very, very, one of the top three largest uh, companies in the world in the food industry. And um, that actually created our current business model. I had to 
think outside of the box because we were starting uh, distribution in corporate boxes and things like that mm -hmm. uh, to reach out to the corporate world. But I was like, okay, we're going to have to rename this product. We're going to have to change the brand. So we're going to work on products that we had those 40,000 bars that we just had produced. Basically, we produced them in September 2015, and I got that later in October, like something like two or three weeks after. And I was like, okay, what do we do? And that's how I decided to go outside of my main channel and find another option to sell those bars. And I opened, because I'm an Amazon.com addict. Uh, I don't <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I ended up opening an Amazon uh, seller account. And that's how it started. And I realized that, uh, so we did a lot of work, technical work uh, for keywords and things like that, but we started ranking and we started selling and then people, we got a lot of feedback, a lot of reviews and we, we targeted the right people because, because of the nature of the product, uh, only certain category of people would be attracted to it to start with. And I realized that actually it was working. I was like, okay, so maybe that the new brand were going to stick on Amazon. And that's what happened, basically. Uh, so going and get, uh, uh, and from that we learned a lot that our main customers were not the corporate, well, they're still the corporate, but they are the guys that are healthy, that are health conscious. That's the way we call them, like health nuts right, in, in a nutshell. We have different targets that we're, we're targeting differently, uh, but all of them have something in common. They are health conscious, quite often sleep deprived people. Hmm. I love that. And one thing that I really love there is how you said that you just went straight to Amazon. You didn't need to rely on getting into Whole Foods or getting into Walmart or getting into any specific retailers. You just took your sales by your own hands and, and you took responsibility for them personally and got listed on Amazon. And now you're absolutely crushing it, getting products off the shelves via Amazon. So I totally love that. And Valerie, as we are wrapping up this interview, I want to ask you a big question for people who feel really overwhelmed with their products or maybe even their services. And they say, wow, how does Valerie move thousands and thousands of these bars that she's made? What percentage of your sales come from online versus Amazon versus your own website versus retailers? Talk to us about that breakdown. Well, that's going to be a very easy answer because right now we are 90% on Amazon.com. I love that. And and we're not, we seriously you can talk to a lot of people in the food industry. This is quite unusual. Um, everyone I meet uh, is very surprised by our business model. We didn't need the way around. So now we're going to, because our customers want to have us easy reach and buy only one or two bars of each level when they want. So we're looking at the different options that we have now. Um, but uh, yeah, so the, this is it. But uh, and we've launched uh, in August there um, UAE, so um, Dubai and and the others, and we we're in Canada and I'm looking to launch Europe this year and probably Australia. Uh, because we got a lot of traction, and I'm uh, and I'm still on my own in the company. Uh, there's a lot of people working with me, but I'm the only one full time. So I need to 
concentrate. I need basically to hire people, <laughs> and I need to um, to make sure that I spend my time in the right channel where it's going to bring the most uh, the most revenue. That's, basically, that's awesome, and it's so cool for me that a company. Literally, I mean, I so badly want listeners to go to betterthancoffee.com to check out your branding and your packaging because it's incredible. And to know the backstory behind it, Valerie, to hear your story of being a corporate employee to now just a one woman show like you are your business and you're moving thousands of units of your product that you created. And now you work with a manufacturer. People might be picturing you sitting somewhere in Southern California saying, wow, is Valerie's house just her surrounded by boxes of these? And I'm guessing that you use fulfillment by Amazon. Is that correct? Yes, correct. We're shipping pallets straight from the manufacturing plant uh, to Amazon. I love that. I, I ship six, six, seven, I don't know, 10 pallets at a time. That's awesome. So for listeners out there who feel overwhelmed or like you can't come up with a product and you can't ship it out to thousands of people across the world, here's Valerie's story. It's one woman sitting in Southern California with an awesome French accent, sitting there running a company with an incredible product that's getting into the hands of thousands of customers, and she never even has to touch the inventory. So Valerie, your story is seriously inspirational. I've loved having you on. Let me open up the floor so that you can tell listeners where they can learn more about you and Better Than Coffee. Well, uh, I don't know if I have anything to add. You actually already promoted uh, well enough the website. So I think that's the best um, to reach out. And if you want to uh, reach out to me, use the contact at betterthancoffee.com. I'm always uh, happy to, to help if I can. Awesome. Valerie, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. Merci beaucoup. A tout à l'heure. And <laughs> I'll have Brian. to have you on again soon. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ryan. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur to Entrepreneur podcast with your host, Brian Lofermento. For show notes and to get a free copy of Brian's book, visit us online at thewantrepreneurshow.com.